1: are here at the All England Club. It is middle Sunday weekend of Wimbledon. What an insane tournament it's been so far. We're up on the roof. You're going to hear some cheering in the background as we chat through what's happened so far in the tournament. Um, what are your thoughts besides being extremely overwhelmed by the amount of news that's happened in the last couple of days? Yeah, well, one thing I have to say is it's a
2: 100-year uh, celebration of Centre Court today, and so we're going to be celebrating that. And we're playing on the middle Sunday officially for the first time, not because of rain. So that's quite unusual, Caitlin. Um, wow. What a day yesterday. First of all, we lost the number one seed in Iga Tech which was crazy. Um, but Corne, you know, she manages to do this. She's had two massive upsets on court. One, she beat Serena a number of years ago when Serena was really playing very, very good tennis. And, of course, Iga not super comfortable on grass. She was the favourite to win the tournament, quote, unquote. But for me, she was... Never the favourite. Um, she's not comfortable on grass. She's going to have to learn how to play on it in so many ways, um, a little bit differently with her movement, with her shot selection, etc. And Cornet's is a tough out. We've she's proven that, beaten so many top
1: seeds through the years. But can we just talk about the men? No, first we have to talk about the women. Because just to your point, Corne is a giant killer. I mean, for a minute there, she had a winning record against Serena. I think she beat her twice in one season, three times in one season. Well, not
2: in one season, but three times in her career, which is pretty unheard of.
1: Considering the active players right now who have w- multiple wins against Serena, the, the number is pretty, pretty, pretty small. But the women's draw is nuts. I mean, in that half alone, we have Corne, Tomlanovic, Rubakina, Mardich. Badosa Halep, Anisimova, and Harmony Tan, who ha- somehow keeps winning these matches after you know winning that nail-biter against Serena in the first round. Just a thought on that part of the draw. What do you think is going to happen here with the women? I mean, obviously the other half is interesting too, but that one feels open to me.
2: Well, to be honest with you, Harmony Tan uh, beating these players is not unusual because, I mean, look, she hits slice, she dices, she hits drop shots, she plays such an unusual style of tennis. And, you know, a lot of the women don't like it. There's a reason why Ash Barty was number one in the world. Not only does she have a great serve and forehand, but the the she hits slice backhands and none of the none of the ladies like to hit slice backhand, especially on grass. Especially in the first week of Wimbledon, where the grass is a little bit longer, it stays lower. And so she's slicing and dicing and drop shotting and tweenering and the whole she's a little bit of onge but without the power on still has the the big forehand and backhand when she wants to and serve. Um, so I think it's fantastic that she's kept it up. Pity there's no points for her because her ranking would rise enormously. I got to give credit to um, my girl Isla Tomlanovic because Isla made the quarters here last year and now she's uh, looking like she may get to the quarters again, which is a great effort and really sucks because she lost is going to be losing all her points from last year, so her ranking's going to drop, which I think you know an FYI to the ATP and WTA. That was bullshit, taking the points away. These these players are working their asses out here. And I know it's a bit controversial with the Russian players, but, but I'm sorry. Like, you shouldn't be penalizing every single player. Um, but anyway, that's a whole different story.
1: Yeah. Well, I could argue the other side of that, just because... According to inside sources who I know who are at the All England Club, that was a very unilateral decision that was not made in consultation with the Tours. It wasn't even made in consultation with the government. And so they were kind of out a alone on this. And I do think you're right. The players should be getting points, the players who are here. But I also, frankly, would like to see the Sabalenkas of the world and the Medvedevs of the world playing this tournament, not because we're not condemning Russia and Belarus, but also because you know, most of these players would be penalized for speaking out. So anyway, we've discussed this before, and you and I have a respectful, you know, uh, a tête-à-tête here. But you're right, Isla a tremendous effort to her to back up her great run here last year and have, from you know what's not been a great season so far, a really, really strong run. And while we're on the women, because we have so much to talk about with the men uh, in one of our classic, uh, I, I suspect... What the fucks. What the fucks, uh, Dick kicks might be in order. Um, let's just very briefly stay on the women because on the other half we have Murray Bushkova. What a great story. Just got her college degree. She's playing Garcia, who's nice to come back. Mertens and Jabur. we talked about. Tatiana Maria with a big win a couple of days ago. She plays Ostapenko. Can we
2: give props to Tatiana Maria with two kids? Wins a tournament this year, and now she's uh, taken out some top players, and um, she is the nicest person in the world, and she's got to play the Ostapenko. So we'll see if the slice and dice works against Ostapenko, but Ostapenko, to me, will probably make the semis.
1: Ostapenko's playing great. She had a really great run on grass before this. Um,
2: yeah, she won uh, Eastbourne last year and lost, I uh, believe, in the finals to Kvitova, and just to back up what we were saying before, badoza a match yesterday was the t- match of the tournament for the women. Even though it was two sets, the quality was outstanding. And for me, Paula Badoza, because I watched her in a previous match, and she was played within herself, but it wasn't too flashy. The girl that she played wasn't that great. And I was like, okay, calm down, everybody. But yesterday, oh, my God, she played so good. And she is sneaking along very quietly. And it would not surprise me. What I saw yesterday against Kvitova, because Kvitova won a tournament on grass leading in here, Eastbourne, and as a two-time champion, that was outstanding tennis from Badosa. So it would not shock me if she was in the final here.
1: Agreed. I thought Badosa and Kvitova could have gone either way at any point of the match. The quality was amazing. That agreed match of the tournament. And Badosa, I mean, you have to like the fact that she took out Kvitova, who kind of was a sneaky favorite, I think, to win this because of what you just said. So rounding out that half of the draw, you got Hev... Heather Watson, she's playing Eula Niemeyer, the young German who's a big server.
2: I like to call her Eva. Eva? Eva. That's how the English say, Eva.
1: Eva. Anyway. So we've got a really, really wide open tournament here. What do you think is going to happen? You think is the favorite? Caroline Garcia? Jabir? I mean, Jabir is ranked number two in the world right now. What do you think? Who's, who's got a chance here? Or well, I guess they all do, but who who's the favorite?
2: Listen to the crowd. They want my reaction. Um, I think Jabir. Jabir is the favorite. Um, It's how she can handle it. I did a really nice interview with her yesterday for ESPN in her day off in her practice. She's just one of my... I just love her. She's very hard not to love. Um, For so many reasons, she's such a nice person, such a gifted tennis player, so fun to watch. Um, So I'd say she's the favourite. And um, I think, you know, someone like an Ostapenko who can be sneaky good when she's on and obviously a Grand Slam champion. And Bedosa, after what I saw yesterday. But let's not forget about... Amanda Anisimova, Mova, who took out Goff yesterday, and, I, and Amanda Anisimova Mova has underachieved in my career and I, in her career, I think, in my opinion. But I think she sort of let everybody know she's here to stay for a very long time. She hits the ball as pure as anybody hits the ball. So, if she can stay healthy, she is one to watch as well. So, I think America. American television and networks kind of forget about her a little bit. We talk a lot about Coco Goff, rightly so, made the finals of the French Open. But we need to talk about Amanda Nisamova too. She's very young and I think her future is bright and it would not surprise me if we see her go through to the final as well. But we've got so many storylines on the women's side. Should we get to the men?
1: (laughs) As you might have guessed, feeling your best starts with what you eat. Saqqara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. I've been on the road now for a couple of weeks in a row, and I cannot tell you what a joy it's been to have fantastic Saqqara meals delivered to my home. Renee and I were lucky enough to have a couple of the sent our way, and I cannot tell you enough how much of a reset it's given me just having this plant-rich food on my plate. Sakar is a wellness company that's anchored in food as medicine. It's on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants, and the food is filling, it's delicious, it's varied, it's exciting, and it really makes you feel like you're sort of in control of your own destiny in a way that I absolutely love. So, Sakara has been a wonderful partner this summer to the podcast. I just want to say thank you so much to them. And thank you so much to you because right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash racket or enter the code at racket checkout. That's Sakara, S A K A R A.com slash racket to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash racket. It's about time. Where to start? We have to probably start with the most controversial match of the tournament so far. Not, not
2: possibly the most controversial. It's got to be one of the most controversial matches I've ever seen in my whole entire life. What the fuck? You know, it was funny because in our studio at ESPN, it, you know Chris McKendry and all the girls, we were kind of like, oh yeah. And all those, I mean, they're so emotional, aren't they? These women. Wait, what? Men? I mean, it was a joke what I saw last night on court one. Nick Kyrgios should, have been fine, should be fined so much money and he should have been given so many point penalties yesterday for the amount of times he said, fuck, out loud. It was obvious for the TV to see. It was obvious for the fans to see and hear. Sitsipas saw it and heard it. I mean, he said at one stage at a set down and I believe it was four all on the second set and I think he might have been down in the game and he looked towards his box and said, I don't fucking care. Uh, I don't fucking care. And I'm like, what? And it's it, he does care. It, it's just complete and utter, like, it's his way of, like, pretending he doesn't care. And everybody knows he cares. But the fact that the umpire didn't say, Nick, if you mouth F one more time, I'm giving you a warning and I'm going to give you a point penalty and it'll be a game and it'll be the match next time. Then... The flip side is, Tsitsipas is hitting balls all over the shop. He's hitting into the crowd. He's hitting into the stands. He's, I mean, it was a joke. And if anyone says, oh, they were acting like women, oh, my God, I'm going to have... They were acting
1: like men. They were acting like whiny, spoiled men, Kyrgios in particular. Could not agree with you more. If that had been nipped in the bud, I mean, you could make the argument for the past couple of years had it been nipped in the bud, you know, sure, he's going to mouth off. Sure, he's going to be emotional. That's fine. But when it gets to clear violations that are unevenly being... Administered, And you're right, Poss was out of line, but he at least did get one pen- point penalty. Yeah. He at least got penalized. Yeah. Nick, the performative stuff has got to go. Obviously incredible talent, obviously should be here regularly. Whatever it is, he doesn't want to show that he cares too much. He's got emotional anger issues. Look, get yourself sorted, but don't put on a performance like that where you're screaming at your box, you're dropping off bombs, kids are watching. It's a clear violation, and the umpire was not truly... Uh, reining it in enough I think that there needs to be as we've talked about many times before you nip it in the bud you make a couple of cases early you do what you need to do to make sure that it doesn't keep happening and you don't move the line so they know where the line is and to me the line was crossed multiple times and it honestly took away from what was a great tennis match ultimately a very competitive four set could have gone either way tennis match I think if Paz wins that four set he played terrible in that tiebreak but I think if he wins it he wins the match right there's no way out of five sets he doesn't regain the momentum and Nick sort of fades away so to me, the fact that there was needing to be so much officiating because these men were behaving badly, but also because there wasn't enough officiating, to me, was, was sort of the issue because it took away from what was a great tennis match at the end of the day. And there's one thing
2: about personality, right? Ili Nastasi, John McEnroe, sort of of the past. Oh, we're looking for the... You know, we want a bit of personality in the game. Hey, so do I. Like, I was a little bit of a nightmare on the court myself. But I tell you what, if I said fuck out loud one time... I'm getting a warning. And maybe because the crowd's not there for me like they are for Nick and sort of it drowns it out a little bit. But it's not the point. The point is if an umpire sees me say fuck once, I'm probably going to get at least a soft warning. Hey, Stubbsy, you know, watch your work. You know, Give me the wank, the weird bit of a wink, wink, you know. Yeah. But the amount of times he said F out loud and verbally obviously to see, and then sits a past spraying balls, I swear to God, the three of them, and I'm including the umpire, should all be gone out of the tournament. I mean, that umpire, I hope that never gets another match during this tournament. And everyone's say, like, oh, it's tough, Nick's a nightmare, like to umpire. Okay, mate, you've got rules. There are, there are laws, there are laws and bylaws in the books yeah. that you go by. And, you know, one of the things about about hitting the ball and they said, well, it didn't hit anybody. Okay, fuck that, sorry. Yeah. If you hit a ball directly into the crowd, that is an instant... That could be an instant default, in my opinion. It could be an instant default.
1: I've talked about this before because people were talking about when Djokovic hit the umpire at the U.S. Open a couple years ago, like, oh, it was so unlucky. It wasn't unlucky if you saw Djokovic throw rackets and balls around prior to that when he was asked about it. Oh, hey, you almost hit somebody. Hey, almost somebody got hurt. Hey, you missed a... That umpire at the O2 arena for the, w- the ATP finals by a hair and he'll say oh but I didn't but it didn't happen but and it's just if you adopted a zero po- tolerance policy where these people who are working the umpires the ball kids the linesmen this is their place of work and we have to be thoughtful about the fact that there are rules and that should be evenly applied and if that means you're afraid to escalate something because Nick Kyrgios might go mental then that's what happens and he makes he's made an example of and it's a and it's a huge issue but it, you, we move on and he learns to do better the next time. So for me, I, I love tennis so much and I don't mind the personalities just like you do, but the application of the rules should happen because rules exist and you do it a couple times. You are really super harsh about it and then everybody learns where, where the where the boundary is. Express your emotion, but don't put anybody at risk or don't make a mockery of the sport out there on the grass at Wimbledon by dropping F-bombs, and, you know, left, right, and center. It's just, it's, it's it's beyond the pale. So I agree with you. All three of them tossed out of the tournament.
2: And I heard that, you know, one of the rumors is that they don't put him on center court because of this situation. They don't want him on there because of that. So, you know, Nick, you're not helping yourself either, but maybe he likes playing on court one. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to Sitsipas prior to the tournament about playing on center court and how meaningful that would be to be the first Greek to be on that court. And he probably felt a little bit slighted not being on the court, to be honest with you. Um, and it was sad not to have that. That opportunity to be the first Greek um, to be on that court in the 100-year celebration. Um, yeah, so very, very um, disgusting, disgraceful um, uh, from all. And apparently the referee told the umpire, hey, give him a warning, and the umpire didn't do it. So what the hell? Like, anyway, I could talk about disastrous umpires for the rest of my <laughs> life, and I could also talk about disastrous tennis players for the rest of my life. But another little controversy that happened on Centre Court with... I mean let's face it probably one of my favorites of all time is Rafael Nadal. He is up a set, two sets to love, 4-2 and apparently Sonigo asked for the roof to be closed because it was getting dark, but there's no doubt they had a couple of games up their sleeve that they and Rafael was probably thinking, mate, I'm going to finish you off in a couple of games, let's just get out of here. But then they closed the roof and then when the roof um, came closed, uh, uh Sonigo played a, a a bit of a good game to break Rafa. And Rafa was a bit pissed off, I think. And apparently uh, Sonigo, you know, he's got quite the grunt on him. And, you know, I think Rafa was a little bit annoyed about the length of grunts and it was a bit of a hindrance. So apparently he's, he, I know he did, he calls Sonigo up from the baseline to the net to have a little conversation about, oh. it was like, listen, daddy needs to talk to you. Come up here. I'm going to tell you where things up. And apparently he said, listen, you, you go and talk to the umpire. Now, I love Rafa, but that's so out of line. Like, that's a, that was out of line. And then, and then at the net after the match, they had this long conversation and it looked terrible. So that's a check mark on um, Rafa being out of line there. And I love Rafa, and I know he tries to maybe like, handle it between the boys kind of thing, but that was out of line from Rafa, and, and it didn't look good.
1: I agree with you. I think that's what the umpire is for. If you have an issue with what your opponent is doing, talk to the umpire. If you don't think the roof should be closed, which, by the way, takes, what, six, seven minutes, it is a bit of a disruption in play. Mm. And if you have more games to go, anybody who's been up and looking within closing and then starts to feel a few raindrops or. Yeah,
2: like John Isner the other day against Murray. It's like, are you joking? I'm like two service games which take all of about 45 seconds to get through, and now you're going to close the roof. But John just took it in his stride and ended up winning.
1: Right. So you can get over it as a tennis player, but it is obviously a bit of a disruption to say, like, oh, we're almost so close to the finish line. Can we just finish so i get why that's a bit of a you know a momentum killer and you know a bit of shift in energy that said the umpires exist and should be doing their jobs such that you can say hey listen i don't want the roof closed or hey listen his grunt is now a hindrance which is a little bit rich coming from rafa just because his grunt is also not nothing
2: yeah but it doesn't prolong like Sonigos. Sonigo's is so bad it's like it's like I mean, I don't it's want to like get a, into it.
1: It's like a two-parter. It keeps going into your stroke, which I agree with you. is, yeah. where, the, that is where the line should be. But yeah. I think we can generally say, Renee, as we have many, many times before, men, get, get your house in order. Get your shit together. What Seriously. What get it together. I mean, we hear
2: about all this complaining about, oh, the women's handshakes and blah, 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 and the guys are so good at the net. And, uh, you know, far out. Last night was just a bloody shit show
1: bloody shit show while well, speaking of being great at the net i need to go catch the second half of coco Vandeweghe, allison risk against one of the chan sisters angel chan aoyama who are double specialists and absolutely brilliantly competing out on court three so i'm going to go catch that with the Armitage family and uh i just want to say renee it is a delight to be doing with this with you after i haven't been here for a few years on top of the roof on a beautiful sunny day middle sunday centenary of center court what a place to be this is truly magical And it's sunny, which is,
2: you know, a rarity, although it's been quite chilly here in Wimbledon this year. Can we just get a little on the record of who we think is going to win now, Caitlin, men's and women's?
1: I'm going to vote with my heart, not my mind, and say Rafa. (laughs) Maybe that's dumb, because you never know. But as we've noted, he played and won the French on a dead foot, so anything is possible. Djokovic is capable of winning this tournament quite easily. He's also capable of pulling something totally random, and who knows. On the women's side, I think... Head and heart says Anstubur. I love Anstubur. You're right in her variety, her power. She has it. She's now won as the favorite a couple of times and on grass. Um, but what I love so much is to me there are legitimately four people who can win it on the win- women's side, and I wouldn't be surprised. And I think you're right. Anisimova is one of them, um, Bedosa, and, look, you know, Simona Halep has won it before.
2: Way to sit on the fence.
1: I mean I, –
2: Just pick a winner. Anstubur. All right. I think Anstubur as well, and I could make the same argument. But Anjibur and I think uh, Novak Djokovic will win his fourth in a row and his eighth Wimbledon title because, you know, why not, men? Just keep breaking records. Caitlin, it's a joy to have you here. You're a pain in the ass, but I still love you. And uh, everybody, keep watching ESPN. Um, I know you complain about certain things about it, but we try our best and we try and give you everything that we can.
1: Oh, and Renee, good luck in the legends. You've got a big mixed coming up. Any thoughts about that before we leave our audience uh, wanting more?
2: absolutely not do not watch any of that on espn plus just tune into the real tennis just although if i dive i'll put it out on twitter i promise all right guys thanks for joining us listen to the crowd
0: bye